Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast, where we help supplement and functional food brands create better products. Today's host is Todd Runstead, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Toddcast. Uh, today, we bring you Mark Brush, a good old friend of mine, former editor-in-chief at Nutrition Business Journal, inveterate zeitgeist watcher. He may even be creating some ripples and nuances in the zeitgeist, if not bona fide waves. More on that later. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, welcome Mark Brush, who, uh, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself a little more about what you're doing? I know you've got your Bend uh, Consultancy. Um, what's that all about? Todd, thank you so much for including me on the podcast. What a pleasure to be with you and your wonderful audience. Um, it's good to hear your voice again during these times. I, you, Todd and I worked together at New Hope. I was the editor-in-chief of MBJ for a number of years, and that was very public-facing for the past number of years, I don't know, five-ish, behind the scenes with this consultancy working with um, sort of big, giant CPG companies as well as startups and a range of a range of sort of projects, but they all tend to be sort of these creative approaches to market research. Sometimes working with the folks there at New Hope and the next, on the next team, and uh, a lot about branding and product positioning, sort of what's working in the market. So you know me, I love the zeitgeist. That's that's the right. perfect word for this podcast. <laughs> totally. So uh, you know, we thought we'd go with a little special, fun little arrangement today—a uh, top five list. So. Let's dig in here. You know, uh, number one is, uh, you know, you cut your teeth running NBJ for a number of years and then you left. And among other things, it seems to me you took a deep dive into the personalized healthcare movement. What's going on there and how will personalization, how will the personalization trend develop? Do you see? Okay. Uh, yes. So, you know, when we first, when I first started to cover this, you know, seven, eight years ago, I was invited to Jeff Bland's Personalized Lifestyle Medicine Institute to speak, and it was, you know, there were a lot of glimmers and a lot of eyes about what this could become, and sort of, you know, right before COVID hit, I had the good fortune to go back to that event seven years later, and very eye-opening to see how much, how far it had developed, right? You know, a lot of these zeitgeist trends come and go, but obviously this one stuck. So um, where is it headed? That is clearly a top five trend, sort of personalization writ large and where it's headed would be, you know, I kind of think it's getting less personal, <laughs> um, uh, ironically, but, um, what, what do you, know, you mean? You've got that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, oh, okay. we've got that. Uh, we've got that, um, that the deep personalization. personalization. Wow. <laughs> let's say, or let's say it's getting more focused. <clears throat> That's probably, um, <clears throat> a better way to put it, but that questionnaire group has sort of proved out that market, you know, People have adopted that approach. It's, it's a way to begin the personalization journey. You've got the company Persona now going to Nestle. Care-of has gone to Bear. Uh, the big CPGs have bought these companies. Um, but that questionnaire is like such a baby step over what to what this could become, right? So it's occurred to me, and I continue to think about this, um, you know, for personalization implies you're getting very specific about something. You're going to engage with the quiz. You're going to do all these diagnostics and some high-tech omics work in your DNA. But when you throw all that in the kitty, what comes out is we're going to make you healthier. 
It's this general health proposition. And so what I see coming, <clears throat> excuse me, is we're going to cut that a little bit better so that it's more manageable for consumers. I think I don't, you know, there's some cost issues and some complexity issues, but it's also the messaging. It's too, it's too much. So you're going to, you're going to begin to personalize within some of these very, you know, popular structure function categories you and I know and love, right? And so gut health, that's happening for sure. You've got a company like Sun Genomics that's seeing a lot of success with practitioners because they're so focused on the gut and the microbiome. Where, you know, I'm working with companies that are looking at immunity. They were doing this before COVID and they're still doing it now. Like, how can we sort of use those condition-specific categories to, categories to better engage with a consumer? Um, and I think that's like... You know, we have a good, you and I have a good friend named Tim Avila who likes to talk about clusters, right? Where you like, you go away from one size fits all to this N equals one. Like, well, in between, there's some, there's something there. And we're going to cluster people. And we used to, we've been thinking about clustering them around whatever the tool might be, the, the diagnostic. But I think we might start to cluster them around uh, these, these categories. So I think you will see like personalization companies that are just focused on immunity, just focused on different conditions like that. And sports comes to mind. Brain health, I think, is going to happen, stuff like that. So, I mean, is, is that kind of we all go around to within or a snake eating its tail kind of thing? Like when I hear clusters, like I like that idea, but in a way that, that reminds me of just like when you go into your basic health food store and all of the supplement categories are arranged by clusters, if you will, or different mm -hmm. conditions, you know, like the, the condition specific. So does that just get to a point where it's like, all right, you take some sort of personalization diagnostic test, you know, a swab or a questionnaire or, or a, a, sam a stool sample, if you will. And, uh, and then you're like, oh, okay, I need to improve my gut health. I'll, so I, I'm now in that gut health cluster and I'm just buying my, my gut health products, which kind of, to me, it kind of takes away a little bit of the magic of personalization. Look, I'm challenging you. What do you think about that? <laughs> I like to be challenged. It's a hypothesis I'm working on. I, I think you're right that the end result is putting it all together. We need the grand unified theory of everything. That's what everybody hopes will occur one day so that we can cure all disease and suboptimal health conditions. Um, but what I'm thinking about is like how to make this work in the market, because I don't think anybody's gotten there yet. You know, aside from a questionnaire, which is a relatively low cost investment, if you're building a business, right, compared to actual diagnostic tools that are going to lead to drugs or supplements. Um, we haven't gotten there yet because we can't put all the pieces together. So as an interim step, I think you said it, it's sort of using, using the landscape that consumers might know. I don't know who's going inside a natural product store these days. I guess you are. Um, <laughs> no surprise there. With a um, mask. Come on. We're good. <laughs> with a, okay. We're good. Um, using those conditions to meet them where they are. And so, it's a little bit of, it is just positioning, right? And, and you're right, snake eating its tail, but um, it's a way to further the cause, right? And to further this idea so that if, you know, you may end up with the same thing. You know, oftentimes we do all this work and it's like, okay, eat more salad. Well, nobody wants to eat more salad. So what else do we got? Right. Okay, <laughs> let's try right. this. Well, yeah. you know, but I, I took one of the, I, I took a, a genome test recently. And uh, one of the things that mentioned, like it, it was a, uh, it would break down into different specific foods that you should eat. And one of the things that recommended mm -hmm. to me was blackberries. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I've been putting blueberries in my smoothies every morning. Maybe I'll start putting blackberries in now. So, <laughs> and, you're, 
And will your life change? Do you believe it? Uh, we're about to find out. <laughs> okay. Let's keep okay. do podcast two for that one. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's move on a little bit now. Number two, um, you, you know, one of the things you had mentioned was immunity. And so, hello, COVID times. Um, COVID, of course, is all about not getting sick and dying of coronavirus. And so we've seen sales of dietary supplements rise markedly during the pandemic mm -hmm. and immune support supplements in particular skyrocket. I mean, NBJ put sales of that category up 50% for the year. So how do you see the immunity category change sort of post COVID? Well, I'm glad you put it that way because it's, <clears throat> that is the change that it's not, well, the, the, the question is, and I believe, I think I have an opinion on this. Um, is it about that sales bump or not? It's not about the sales bump. So coming out of that, um, to me, the sales bump is about, is sort of, there's an old way of thinking about it, a new way of thinking about it. The old way is you want to boost with Z and a C and zinc or something like that. And that has led to these dramatic spikes in sales. But the work for the industry, and I think it's doing it well, I wish more people were doing it, but it's talking about immunity in the right way. What is the lasting change that comes out of COVID? I hope and believe it's this repositioning of immunity as an everyday concern versus a seasonal concern. And now, you know, you know, the seasonal concern being cold and flu, or you could extrapolate that to COVID season two, right? Just happened to be two years long, et cetera. Um, so repositioning immunity upstream from all that as this sort of foundational thing that impacts all those downstream things that we, all those slots on the shelf, categories of supplements, condition-specific stuff, you know, there's this notion that immunity is a daily thing. Um, and I think uh, I'm hearing that language out of companies quite a bit, the word daily. I'm hearing the word upstream. Um, but the net of all this is that, you know, it's good news because it could actually lead to improved health, but it just kicks the immunity condition-specific category way up the leaderboard, you know, in terms of what matters to a consumer, I think. And there's a few more. You know, I would say that it's um, um, immunity, gut and microbiome, and even the nervous system, which you know, which connect to the brain space probably best with stress and mood and stuff like that. But that's where you're meeting the world, right? You're translating signals from the outside. Your, in, your internal body's doing. And that's where you meet it. There's a lot of cell turnover, and nutrition can actually kind of tweak things pretty quickly and, and, and dramatically. Yeah, you know, and when we talk about that that brain, or you know, some would call it the cognitive thing. I always took a more expansive view of that, and I don't know how much my thinking is uh, percolating into the the larger world. But when I think the zeitgeist, the zeitgeist, baby, you know, when I think of cognitive, I think you know it's all in your head, right? So everything from like stress, anxiety, sleep, I'm throwing all those into cognitive too. Whereas some people might define it more narrowly as to just be like, I don't want to get Alzheimer's. You know, how do we stave off right. age-related cognitive decline? But maybe it's right. more expensive. And so, you know, to your point, you, you it sounds like you just pointed out the, the three big categories of the future, if not the present, immunity, gut, brain, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, back in the early days at NBJ, we would call it the brain space. I think maybe Tom Arts might have first said that, whatever. Uh, yeah. We call it the brain space, and it is a catch-all for all those things you said. You're right. When I hear cognition, I don't know if this is that does begin to differentiate a little bit into that sort of mental acuity stuff, like age-related memory loss and, right. you know, popping some sort of a gamer drinking a beverage so they can perform better with their joystick, you know, whatever. Um, 
But what's interesting is like those three categories, it's like there's the science to support them. There's a the consumer interest, but what the piece of the science that through the work I've been doing around immunity is interesting to me is it's that trans it's like, this is how it's the, your inner body versus the outside versus the external world. And that's, those are the three systems in your body that sort of meet it best. And nervous system is a big one of them. So yeah, duh, if we're all stressed out and our body's constantly interpreting signals from the outside world, that's a place where nutrition can help. So, yeah, you know, I, I wonder if you hear that alcohol consumption is up, but I wonder if it's really up or if it's just because bars are closed down and it's really a wash. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought of that. That's I, I and I haven't heard that. I haven't been paying attention. Are you asking me if my alcohol consumption is up? <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 no. This is this is academic. <laughs> this is these are things that I've read on the Internet. <laughs> okay. I'm almost out of no work. comment. <laughs> uh, so, so here's number three, and it kind of yeah. bleeds into just what we're talking about. So, in a sense, it flows into it. I look at the immune at immune supplements as kind of being the new multivitamin. You know, that is, consumers are rethinking what health and wellness, or wealth and healthness, mean to them. So, the question is, how will consumer perceptions of health change? And and I think we're this is what we're talking about right here. But so you got anything yeah. else to add? Yeah. Sure. I think, well, that's, that's a, that's a really, that's an interesting point. I think you ought to write about that more if you haven't already um, sort of immunity taking over that multivitamin proposition and, and sort of, because it does sort of seem like the more we look into this and, and, and it's one of these sort of first interfaces that, uh, you know, if you're trying to then impact all the conditions that come after it, then work on immunity. Anyway, consumer perceptions. Um, Let's see. I would say that I'm wondering if, you know, when we, we often talk about, maybe we'll get to in a later one of these trends, because one of those is digital and generational shifts, but in, in my mind, if I get a fourth and fifth choice, but the, um, and you will, and I will, okay. We're going to get there. Okay. The consumer perception question. I wonder the younger you get with a consumer generationally, the more choice they have, they, and so you get to a point where um, millennials and Gen Z, it's this world of unbridled choice, which which would lead to there much you know there's very little brand loyalty you know there's there's tons of good options for whatever I want so why wouldn't I try a bunch of different things, try different ingredients, try different brands, try the, the different look from some sort of packaging, and so that has been tough for brands to navigate and I wonder if coming out of this pandemic, there's a little bit of a damper on that because it's a lot, you feel a lot less carefree about the choices you make. You're a lot less willing to try something just because it's got the right seals and badges and looks good and is different for the sake of being different. Um, so I think that's a change that might come. It just, just more, there's more consequential. It, it feels more consequential, the decisions you're making around health, um, which would affect things you buy. And you layer on a recession on top of that, there's much less willingness to try new stuff in a You know, when you don't have disposable income, you're going to buy the things that you know, that you, you believe work or that make you happy. And that means it's hard to launch a new brand right now. Um, right. And, and the, the costs of entry to do that, I think are also going to, are, are changing. And this speaks to the changing perceptions that, you know, those badges, whatever those shorthand seals were that have sort of become de facto, especially in the natural channel, organic, non-GMO, USP, you know, even this boilerplate stuff in, in supplements, 
Um, I think that's going to change too, because you've got an overlay now of saving the species, global planetary immunity and crisis, and that's going to escalate, you know, B Corp, any, I always look to traditional medicinals, you know, like anything that they're working on, Joseph Brinkman and, and the seals that they're cre- helping to create, those are so far ahead of the curve that that's kind of, I think we're leveling up toward that. That's cool. I mean, I, th- that sounds to me like a race to the top. And after so uh, many lifetimes of racing to the bottom, I'm I'm all for it. Maybe that's why I like climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Famous last words, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be nice to see. I mean, I don't know. It's, um, there's this, the huge question, of course, is what's the lasting change coming out? You know, if, if the vaccine works and it's safe and everybody takes it, what happens to supplement sales? And there's a lot of theories on that, but, um, We'll see. Yeah, you know, so that that sort of bleeds into it. It almost seems like every time I ask you a question, you're answering the next one that I'm thinking of, <laughs> which, uh-huh. which I love you. It's for all that. of a piece, Todd. It's all of a piece. <laughs> it, it is. So I don't know whether to go to number four or or to the to number six that I decided I would, I would shave off. Um, maybe this is just a continuation of number three. You know, I always liked having conversations in your office there at NBJ when we would dig into the zeitgeist. And for the uninitiated, because we have thrown this term around, um, I I just looked it up in the dictionary and it said uh, it's defined as the defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. So there I was thinking, I'm no longer talking about my dictionary definition, but there I was thinking myself kind of on it as far as the zeitgeist goes. I, you know, I got an 18-year-old daughter, an inhabitant of Gen Z, which is following up on the millennials. But then I just heard you, Mark, the other day talk about Gen Alpha. They're already defining the next generation beyond Gen Z. I'm already behind the times, literally. I mean, so are are there, here's the question, are there special insights emerging for the consumers of the future, Gen Z, Gen Alpha? Right. Uh, Well, I can't offer too many on Gen Alpha, right, because they're either in diapers or preschool. (laughs) I think think we're, I'm trying to remember when the cutoff is for that one, but certainly for the other ones, right? And um, let's see, so boomers, we'll go real quick on boomers. Boomers like doctors. They trust their doctors. They like coupons. They are very, some would say, over-reliant on authority. They respect and respond to an authoritative voice. Then we got to Gen X, which is me, and they were more skeptical. They were slackers. They began to sow, oh God, they began to sow the seeds of this distrust, right, for authority figures that we have now, now, that we now see running amok. Then you get to millennials. And you kind of flipped it. They weren't over-reliant on authority, but they were over-trusting, right? Because everything was flat online and they were listening to YouTubers and they were reading Yelp reviews and, you know, and putting them on par with doctors. Um, and then they didn't want a coupon, but they would, because they wanted to engage with your brand. They want to have some sort of conversation with you and led to all this experiential stuff, which became influencer strategies, et cetera. Gen Z, which is what everybody's looking at now, because you're getting into that there, there's it sort of straddles the gap. You're you're doing some of them are under the care of a guardian or parent, and that's where the purchase is happening. Some of them are making their own money and spending their own, but the dollars are big. I can't remember. So you have half a billion or, or half a trillion. It's a B or a T. I don't know um, in purchase power. So they are fully online. But what's crazy about them is that they are you know, and I probably you know this with your daughter maybe daughters maybe. I see it with mine like. 
I've got a 12 year old who is like almost as smart as I am about wellness already engaged in it, even though she has no reason to be right. Like she is at optimal health right now. There's not much to improve, but it's this preventative, but it's just sort of part of the conversation. It's part of it. It's part of the culture, part of the fabric, part of the zeitgeist. They're living it, breathing it. And they just, it is, it's part of living. So clean living and protein and like, and optimal living. It's all that. Yeah. I get, I hear that all the time. they're paying it. They're paying attention to it. They're, they're engaged in it. They're talking about things that like, I don't know, my daughter says triggered a lot for things that stress her out, you know? And like, it's this, it's in the tech streams among 12 year olds and 10 year olds, and eight year olds. Um, so that's interesting. Um, how to actually meet them and uh, succeed selling them products like supplements is really hard because they have, super short attention spans. Like it's like eight seconds, you know, you've got eight seconds to get something done. They're really, this is a, this is a little bit of corollary, but they're like, they are very open and to this sort of notion of gender fluidity, you know, like non-binaryism and all this stuff. And so like how, you know, that creates a whole issue for if you want to market a men's multivitamin. Um, duh. So they, so video, short attention span and and another key point for that generation that I think supplement any sort of natural products brand needs to pay attention to is that they don't really want to own stuff. They like to access stuff and which is this sort of evolution of that experiential right. idea. Apple so, you know, Netflix, Apple Music, Netflix. I subscribe to things and access it. I don't have to own it. And I don't think because owning things kind of can be pejorative, right? You're part of the consumer machine that's destroying the world. So all sorts of crazy stuff there. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, what, what I see is, you know, like TikTok. that's, that's all mm-hmm. they watch both, both daughters. That's, that's, that's all they do is scroll through them. That's an opportunity a la everything else that came before it, like YouTube and everything else where brands, you got to start making TikTok videos for your brands mm-hmm. and then putting I mean, them commercials and that's how tiktok gets monetized and is able to put out an ipo for you know a, a number with a b or a c after it bigger titanic <laughs> we, we can't remember i mean so i mean the t- you know whether it's instagram uh youtube tiktok netflix any it's, it's vi- like the common theme there is video and we've known this for a number of years that that's everybody who's marketing in the natural products has to up their video game um yeah. but the platform we also know that the platforms are going to change you know Instagram is not as popular with kids as it was. TikTok five years from now, would you bet your future on it? Because I don't think I would. Um, but what we do know is video, social video platform, pay attention to. And we also know like the, that the, the natural products industry Gen Z is coming into is not really going to feel or look like anything the one you and I know looked and felt like. Because it's, I mean, it's fully rationalized into the mainstream. You know, it's there's the, the the natural product store versus the natural set at Target and Safeway and Kroger and Costco. These blended stores where health is just in the conversation. It's not a separate thing. Um, so that's a different thing. They're not going to they're not going to feel that history the way Expo does such a great job of capturing and, and conveying that you and I know. Um, you know, and, and that and that that's where that's where the 
I was about to say gas stations. That's where the, the, the fueling stations of the future are going to be. You're not going to have gas stations. You're going to have these electric charger things right outside your health food store because you might need 20 minutes to fill up your tank. So, hey, I'm just going to pull up there. I'm going to, you know, pop that in there. I'm going to go in there, you know, and, and access some food that I'm only going to have <laughs> instantly. Right. <laughs> I'm going to look at virtually. <laughs> well, um, I mean, we can, I, I don't know if, um, I mean, I'll just say one thing about influencers too, because it's it's um. That was my next weird thing. You're oh, always okay, look at you're that. answer ahead of my questions. You're so genius <laughs> like that. It's it's the zeitgeist game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be any good if I couldn't do that. The uh, it does seem to me like this whole sort of influencer approach to marketing. It's clearly losing its luster. It's harder than ever, but the irony is that it's all we've got, right? It's if you talk to people that are smart about branding and marketing in food supplements um, or any consumer product, uh, the story used to be very crafted. It used to be driven from a brand to a consumer. You know, you would, if you liked Levi's, you would wear a Levi's shirt with a logo and you would help that. That was part, you, you wanted to convey that to the world. What's happened with social media is that we are all, all we, we all make our own brand. Like we're putting it out there. We want your comments and feedback on something I just said or something I just posted. And so you're curating your own brand and it just flips the script. And so a brand has to, you know, um, meet you there and, and give you, it, you've got that control because you're creating the brand and they have to be a part of it. Um, so, I mean, what does that mean for the influencer strategy? It means that it's, it's, it's all we've got, <laughs> but it's not great. Um, so, so I wonder what, like, influencers have been corrupted. Now we know that they're all getting paid off by branch and they're not really sincere or with integrity. I mean, that, that it? there's that, that, well, that, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like, um, that, that, that market that, that has become a business and it's matured. And so you see people having to flag things as ads and that it loses a little, little power. Uh -huh. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's much less expensive. It's, it used to be just an inexpensive way to market. And so a lot of startups would move toward it and then bigger brands as well. But now you kind of have to be there because that's where your brand is getting defined. And yeah, hmm. you may not like it with influencers, but like th that's all there is. And so on, you know, what's to come, what's next. Uh, that gets me to sort of the question of if you are thinking about digital if your digital strategy is like just like social media, then you need to change that <laughs> because that's not effective and it's not it's not under your control. And so that's why something like a quiz, right? It's a digital tool. You're taking it online where you're using technology to sort of engage with the consumer. It's something other than social media. Um, so there's that. There's people I've heard people talking about um, Venmo and like payment plans that. Um, especially with a younger consumer, like, you know, if you want to supplements can be an expensive proposition. And so let's figure out ways to use technology to meet them there. So it's just broadening it, not just social media anymore, not just influencers anymore, although they are important because that's what we've got. You know, and with, with 5g coming on down the line and the promise of uh, virtual reality games like that, you know, well, too, right. bad, too, too bad. You can't get your vitamins virtually. You still have to throw something in your mouth. You can't just look at it on a mask well, it, you can't look at it on a mask but why couldn't well i know why because it costs a lot of money and it and, and 
I mean, they're, they're, the large players can certainly do this, but there's a lot of resistance to spending this kind of money on marketing and branding. But like AR, augmented reality, like how we should be, how can we use that to help inform what kind of models can we build to help you through your health, your wellness decisions, you know, um, things like that on the horizon. I, I don't see a lot of people working on them, but um, it's a better way to get digital. <laughs> That's really fascinating. Uh, a really fascinating discussion here. Uh, I, I know I'm my head is spinning, spinning right now with possibility. Of course it is, because we're talking with Mark Brush. Bend LLC is the consultancy, and uh, I don't know. You, you, we, we can find him in the in the etherverse. Is that a new word? Mm -hmm. I'm and, not online. <laughs> not, yeah, not online. On, uh, online that, that that's so decade you know the decade of the naughties roaring twenties man you can find me virtually in my modeling app yeah right very cool Mark good talking to you thanks good to catch up with you and uh, best I of hope. luck with all the things as we uh, you know try to navigate uh, the the new and next uh, reality in the world of branding marketing positioning and uh, succeeding here in the world. Let's do that. I am. I'm glad to hear your voice. I hope you stay safe and well. Hope everybody stays safe and well. And thanks for thanks for calling. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Insider podcast. We are continually looking to improve your podcast experience and want to hear from you, the industry listener. Please take a moment to take our quick survey and provide your feedback at naturalproductsinsider.com/podcastsurvey. <laughs>